Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, spoiler alert, we still have nothing in terms of headway uh, on the defensive coordinator search. Uh, news could drop anywhere, though, so maybe while we're recording this, it'll... it'll uh, It'll come out and we can break down some some breaking news. But uh, we are going to talk a little bit. Uh, LSU stole another guy from Mizzou's defensive coaching staff. So we'll touch briefly on that. Um, and then we're going to mostly take the rest of the Mizzou portion of the show just to recap the men's basketball game against Florida. Talk more about what went wrong uh, as the Tigers are still searching for a win in SEC play. We'll talk about Tamar Bates, of course, too. The bright spot uh, for the Tigers on Saturday evening. Um, give a little glimpse forward at Texas A&M, the next SEC game. But yeah, not uh, not much good to go on once again for Mizzou men's basketball. Uh, then we'll do quick hits. We got Ken Sports shorts. We got the fraud rankings, Dirty Birds of the weekend, uh, and the ratio. So um, some fun stuff to dive into. And again, maybe the defensive coordinator news will break. We'll get breaking news on the show. But uh, again, I'm just, your guess is as good as mine when that's going to happen. So um, we'll see. But a good show nonetheless to dive into. Uh, and before we get started, quick word from the sponsor, Bet Online. NFL playoffs are in full swing. So is the NBA season, and Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, and scores. Some good, uh, some good divisional games last week or uh, yesterday, I should say. I guess recording on Sunday. Um, you know they'll affect the uh, the Fantastic Four picks, but with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile devices, you can access the world's best wagering information at any time. So head to bet online today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. And remember to use our promo code believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online. Thank you to them. We're going to do our bet online best beats of the week. Uh, so Kenny, what's your, uh, what's your best beat of the week? Yeah, let's, uh, let's watch some colonial basketball um, on a Monday night. Hofstra going up to Stony Brook, a battle of New York. I got Hofstra minus three in this game. If you didn't know, Hofstra's old mascot was the Flying Dutchman. It's now the Pride, which is pretty lame. Uh, but the Flying Dutchman was awesome. And I got to go with Hofstra in this one. I'm going to go uh, over to the big sky uh, for Monday night basketball action. The Fighting Ed Changs from Idaho State. Uh, I'm not taking them as they visit the Bobcats, uh, the home of the fighting Raekwon battles. Uh, I got Montana State minus four and a half, folks. Torvik has this one as five and a half. Get this one while you still can, because it's not going to be at four and a half for long. <laughs> I'm sticking to mid-major basketball, too. Um, I'm going down to Texas. I'm going with uh, Houston Christian. They are home underdogs against New Orleans. Uh, truthfully, they're not very good, but I'm going with this because Houston Christian just beat Lamar on a buzzer beater, folks. Houston Christian is hot. They're feeling it. Uh, a, a good friend of ours back from the KCOU days, Garrett Jones, if you know, you know, um, he is the play-by-play voice of, of Houston Christian. So his call of said Marcus Green buzzer beater guard for Houston Christian went a little viral. Uh, that was hype. The oh, Peyton, help me out. Houston Christian's mascot. Huskies. The Huskies. They're on a tear. They're feeling hot. They're going to take down New Orleans. Uh, the or at least cover. The Privateers. Um, also kind of a lame mascot name two and a half. I got the Huskies, but, uh, yeah, those are our best beats. We love, we love some good mid major basketball. Um, we'll be back on Friday. We'll have the fantastic four recap. Um, cause we'll do the, the conference championship games. So, you know, Kenny will give a reshuffle of the standings, uh, with where that lies. Kenny and Peyton in a battle for, uh, for first, but for now, enjoy some mid major basketball. And with that, the unwritten rule starts right now. Attention, everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Monday, January 22nd. And Peyton, um, I'm starting to think Kenny's working against us because he's gone to this LSU site you know he's doing some extra work he does great work but you know since then mizzou's now lost three staff members on the defensive side of the ball to the tigers 
I don't know. Kenny might be Kenny might be on the inside. I don't know how much he can be trusted anymore. Um, he might he might be trying to poach all of Mizzou's coaches. I don't know. But regardless, uh, Mizzou, that's that's really the headline news. Uh, it, it's not been much. We haven't had any real waves on the on the defensive coordinator front. So now I've just had to start making up conspiracy theories as to Kenny stealing analysts who have joined LSU. Um, if you didn't see this, Jake Olson, he was a defensive analyst for the last two seasons at Mizzou. Um, helped with the linebackers primarily. He is joining Blake Baker and Kevin Peoples on the LSU staff, um, and he is going to be in charge, I believe, of the sa- of the safeties. I think they have their own secondaries coach, so he's going to take over some duties there. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Peyton. Is Kenny stealing our? Uh, is Kenny stealing Mizzou's coaches and thoughts on on another guy moving on from from the Tigers? Well, he can steal as many Jake Olsons as he wants. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know who this was at first. Neither did Twitter, it really seemed like. So, I mean, he was just an analyst at Mizzou. It seemed like a true uh, Blake Baker disciple. I mean, he's just following around somewhere. So maybe he's a name you may hear down the line, uh, something like that. Maybe if Blake Baker gets a head coaching job, maybe this will be a guy he takes as a DC or something. You never know. But this one, I don't think will hurt Mizzou too bad. Baker sucked uh, to lose. Um, people suck to lose. This one, I think I can stomach. But uh, who knows? Maybe the new DC would have wanted to keep him. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, it's it's interesting for Jake Olson. He is a, a North Dakota kid. Uh, but a lot of his coaching experience comes from the state of Louisiana, uh, Nichols State, Louisiana Monroe, Northwestern. And he did have spend a, a season as an analyst with LSU before he followed Blake Baker to Missouri for those two seasons. Uh, it looks like the guy just wanted to get back to his roots and got a promotion in the process. So look out for Jake Olson down the line as a safeties coach uh, in the SEC. Yeah. You don't have anything to say for yourself, Kenny? The accusations I've just made against you, stealing the coaches? Need my lawyer. <laughs> um, that's the right answer. Yeah, I, I guess I guess we'll see. It's, it feels like the um, I was watching the Packers Niners game last night, and they showed the Vrabel Shanahan. They've been, you know, with each, they were with each other before they took different jobs. Maybe that's how this is with uh, with Olson and Baker, smaller scale. But yeah, that's that's really it. Uh, you know, everyone I think is still kind of waiting. You know, we we seem to be aware that the D.C. news could kind of break at any time. It seems like it's been that way since like Thursday. So, you know, who knows? With our luck, we'll finish recording this about midday Sunday and it'll probably happen. So and and make our lives more tricky. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll keep everyone updated there with what information is is out there. But, um, you know, getting into, I guess, kind of the headliner from the weekend, of course, was Missouri men's basketball. Uh, they lost again. Florida, uh, they welcome to Mizzou Arena, lost 79 to 67. Uh, no field goals were made by the Tigers in the final two minutes and 57 seconds of this game. I feel like that's the story, uh, as is a lot of the bad with Mizzou men's basketball. I feel like it's a story like every game. Um, what were your initial thoughts on the game? I have some stats I wasn't able to watch. Um, read a bunch of recaps, uh, saw some stuff about it and, and kind of gathered what went on. But, uh, what were your thoughts? I know there was a certain Sean East moment that happened where he passed up on a layup, and I know there was an 8-0 run that was surrendered when Mizzou had the lead. Seems like it was uh, the same old, same old from this year's Tigers team. Yeah, there's not too much to add at this point. It's just kind of piling on. I mean, it was the same issues. Mizzou gets a little lead. They hang around for a bit, and there's one run that kind of kills them, and it was that 8-0 run. Uh, when Shawnee's passed up an open layup and just turned the ball. I don't know what was wrong with Shawnee's last night. I know he was sick on Tuesday against Alabama. Uh, he might still feeling it, be feeling it a bit because this was just not the same player. Uh, he kind of was sinking Mizzou. He had a lot of bad turnovers. Uh, not, the vol- not the volume of scoring that he's had this year. You're, I mean, if you're Shawnee's, I mean, you're allowed a bad game now and then, but the problem was there was only one other guy that stepped up uh, in his place. I don't know, man. It's just depressing to even watch at this point. I I, was, I just really never expected it to get quite this bad. I always and you always talk about you know winning the middle eight and you know controlling the basketball in the middle half of the game. 
I thought this game it was very close and even near the end of the middle eight um, and going into that second half. And that's when Florida pulled away. They had a couple big shots there um, in, within like right, right around the under 16 and then just really kept you know, building onto that and just kind of ran away with it. This has always felt like a game, too. It's like Georgia. It's not necessarily a one sided um, competition each year. Entering this entering Saturday, the Tigers were two and two in the last four meetings with Florida. Always feels like a game that could go either way, depending on where it is. Um, Florida just kind of ran away with it, out-rebounded the Tigers 40-27. to 27. We talk about those turnovers. Tigers only had five in this game. Three of them were Deshaun East. Florida had eight. That, that was something that really stood out to me. I watched a lot of the first half and um, first 10 minutes of the second half, and I would have guessed that the Tigers had a couple more turnovers than Florida in this game. Uh, those were some of my main ones. And when you have a guy like Tamar Bates dropping 36, someone else also has to – um, get into double figures and not just Nick Honor with 10. Uh, that's the, it's just a glaring number on the, the box score. Yeah, that's, uh, that's where I was going to go with some of the numbers I, I saw from this game. Um, I think we, I think we should talk about Tamar Bates, the good. And I think in large part, you know, a guy who's, who we said, and a lot of people think is going to be the future, uh, for this team next year when it, when it, you know, kind of hits the reset button, tries to put this season behind him. Um, I did read, I was reading Drew King's post-game column, Kenny, and just to kind of qualify those turnover numbers, I think it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, I heard like Florida turn the ball over a bunch when Mizzou put on that press, but then just kind of made adjustments and like limited it, uh, you know, for the rest of the game. But yeah, it's again, just, you know, there's just not much to, to make of, of this team defensively or offensively for that matter, but let's talk about Tamar Bates. Um, some great stats for him that kind of are further damning for the rest of this team. Uh, Tamar Bates shot 13 for 21 in this game. The rest of Mizzou uh, was 10 for 32. He scored 36 points on 21 shots. Every other player scored 31 points on 32 shots. I think it was like 55% of the team scoring went to Tamar Bates. Just like Kenny said, not a recipe for success, uh, but... I think we should give Bates the, the praise he deserves. There's there's some really awesome scoring and I think potential to be a a worldly player, hopefully next season when this team has other personnel around him to uh to give him some sort of help. Yeah, Tamar Bates, I mean, he's about the one person out of the portal that's really been kind of worth anything. I mean, I'd like to see him when he has actual talent around him. Uh I just it, it's kind of ridiculous you get a guy that scores 36 and you soundly lose by double digits i mean they didn't even mizzou was never really in it after that eight nothing run that put that put florida ahead seven um yeah tamar bates i mean on top of being maybe maybe he has surpassed east uh, at this point for being the go-to guy um i mean he's also the most energetic on the floor um but I, I don't know, man. I mean, there's just – you've gotten basically nothing else out of the bigs this year. Uh, the the guard play has uh, been fine, but I, it's just ridiculous that Tamar Bates has 36 points and you're losing by 13 at home, mind you. And he had that big three, uh, like really deep three over a Florida defender in this game going towards the student section. I don't know if you guys remember that. And it's just like the emotion he brought with that. That's just the shot you needed. And like no one else probably on that team makes that shot for you right now. Uh, we've talked about Sean East has improved his three-point game and Drew King talked with us about him as well. But it's just that's the guy you need to just, I mean, bring energy to a team that's just kind of riddled with injuries and just no cohesiveness going forward. Yeah, he's a guy who you know, you can tell, I think will, will be a um, enforcer of the culture as this team, you know, figures that out, whether it's next year, like just his, his high energy. I like the emotion that he plays with. I think a team needs a guy like that, uh, you know, especially one who can score like he can impressive thing for me. He's only one for four from beyond the arc in this game, took 21 shots, but you know, he made 13 of them. That's relatively efficient. He went nine for nine from the free throw line. So, you know, that's indicative of, I feel like we talk about this guy's ability to hit shots from from deep, but you know you can put the ball down and score and make some of those difficult shots that I think Mizzou sorely misses from a guy like DeAndre Golston. I think Tamar can can bring you uh, you know some of that, you know, and and again it, it can come in smaller doses. You know he does he shouldn't have to score thirty six points for Mizzou to 
to win games, but this team is just so bad that he has to score 32 points to just make or 36 points to make sure they don't lose by 20 plus. So, you know, again, it just all kind of cycles back to the, uh, to the frustration. Um, another guy I wanted to bring up had, you know, again, I, I kind of want to focus because like Peyton said, it just feels like, you know, sometimes we talk the same kind of things to death and so many people have moved on from this season. So, you know, kind of honing in on some of the guys next year, um, Aiden Shaw did not have a good game uh, in this one uh, in 14 minutes. He had one point, did have four rebounds, one assist, uh, didn't turn it over, but was a minus 12 on the box plus minus, which in 14 minutes, it's very indicative that he was not, not a plus on the floor. He might have a little bit uh, longer to go than maybe we thought at points earlier this year. What are y'all's thoughts on his kind of start to conference play? What you need to see him improve. I think Peyton, it was you said, we were talking during this game. It, it it's got to be some sort of offensive bag. He's got to he's got to get into. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's great. He's gotten better at rebounding. I am glad he has improved in that. He's a good defender. I really think largely when it's just him on the perimeter, especially. I I think he's about as locked down as you can find on the team. But he just is not not giving you much of anything on offense unless. It's a dunk once or twice a game, and he didn't even have that. I mean, like, he can't even shoot free throws right now. It's like just he cannot be as – he just has nothing really that he can offer on offense right now that's not a dunk. And that's that's definitely I, – I wouldn't give up on Aiden Shaw. I think that's just the next step of the progression for him. That's, like, all he needs to work on in the offseason. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe then he can become – a real like just bona fide SEC starter, but for now I just don't think that really is what he is. Um, the other bigs on the team, I mean, like we saw a lot of Butler and Pierce. Again, largely I don't think it was very good. I thought Butler in the first half actually played well. He looked a bit assertive. He used his size well at some points, but in the second half, I mean, he was getting kind of bullied. Shaw had a good end to non-com play and had a great start to SEC play. I don't forget that as well as, but when you look at the numbers, five for six against Central Arkansas had ten points, seven for eight against Georgia with fourteen points. He's taken three, four, five shots over the last four games since that Georgia game, and he has a combined five points uh, mm-hmm. across those games, and that, a lot of that includes free throws. Uh, three of those points coming via the charity stripe. So it's just not been, I mean, he's not even taking shots anymore. It feels like either. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, that I think quantifies what Peyton said, where a lot of those shots in those 10 and 14 point performances were dunks. He's able to, you know, whether he's, he's, you know, being a cutter and just getting a, a wide open dunk or it's an offensive rebound he can put back. Yeah. I, there's no, there's no bag there. I don't trust him to self-create. Um, he hasn't proven he can spot up and shoot threes. I mean, hell he doesn't make free throws so you got to start there before you before you go um further away from the basket but yeah i i agree i don't think it's time to give up on him i mean his his athletic traits are are too exciting to and his and his defensive ability like i think he had one of the best block rates in the country just like a week ago so um I, I, there's definitely not you know you can't give up on him i agree there's there's i i think the way gabe put it i think he put something on on power mizzou shout out to gabe was like the rest of this season, you maybe just throw them out there and just say sink or swim, man. Like this is the time to go figure it out when it's, when it's, you know, this season is a throwaway. It doesn't matter. You, you know, you go in and, and um, you go in and, and you see what he can do. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to bring up before we, um, before we segue to just to look at the head at Texas A&M. And it's like, it's the thing that I think we've gone back and forth on where, you know, Gabe came on here and talked about it. And we know that that Dennis isn't just going to phone it in and bench everybody who isn't a freshman and do all of this. But, you know, he offered something interesting. I thought where going ahead, do you, do you increase? I know we haven't seen much. Peyton said it out of Trent Pierce or Jordan Butler, Ant Robinson's kind of taken some steps back, but is it a situation where you, you say, all right, Shawnee, Noah Carter, Nick honor, you keep their minutes. They've earned them from what they did last year. And then, you know, you kind of say to the rest of these these guys who you brought in who aren't very good and also don't offer anything to the future of the program, whether it's a Carolero or a Vanover. 
and you throw these freshmen out there and also say, you know, their confidence is already so far down because this team is just bad. You know, do you let them try and figure something out, play them in consistently big minutes moving forward? Does that, does that become more of a reality if this team's going to stay this bad? Uh, At this point, sure. I mean, you're 0-5, which is just unbelievably depressing already. Uh, You might as well not be depressed with guys that add nothing to the future. Like, I thought Vanover was an interesting gamble for Gates. I I actually like that pickup. Has not worked out. Yeah, it it really hasn't worked out at all. Uh, like, Like, I don't need to see Kurt Lewis play another minute for Mizzou. What does he do? I mean, he's just a guy that comes in, gets five minutes a game. At like the only time you notice him really is if he misses a shot. Like that's just all he's providing at this point. There were seven guys that played off the bench yesterday, and the bench combined to give you seven points. Like there's really not any quality coming off there as is. I mean, the, the minutes picked up for the freshman yesterday. Might they might as well just keep doing that. I mean, obviously guys like Noah Carter, Nick Honor. Um, and Sean East, they're not going to lose their minutes, and nor really should they. You can't just throw the three true freshmen that have kind of not really showed much out there for 30 minutes a game. Um, but at this point, like, I don't need to see Mabor Mayak touch the floor. I don't need to see Kurt Lewis touch the floor. I don't really need to see Van overplay another game here. I don't really even need to see, like, Carolero's done some okay things. I don't really need to see Carolero anymore. Like, because do we really think he's going to be, if Mizzou gets back to being an NCAA tournament contender next year, which I think you kind of have to start thinking has to be a must. I mean, is Carolero part of that equation? I would guess no. So I don't really need to see much of him anymore either. I'm not saying cut him out entirely like some of the others, but I don't need to see more of him than I see of Pierce at this point. So you would just go Shaw and then the freshman would be your, your primary guys off the bench? I would, yeah, I would just let those guys go off the bench at this point. I'm, I'm interested to see when Caleb Grill gets back as well. Um, I think this yeah. team would be a lot better if they, I mean, Tanjay, if Tanjay was healthy the whole year, didn't have, didn't have the foot problem. Caleb Grill was around the whole time. Like I said last time, I think I said on Friday, a lot of swing games in there that things could have gone the other way if they had both of these guys at full strength. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, people make the argument, like, oh, well, Caleb Grill was in against Jackson State and still lost. I'm like, I don't think how you, I don't see how you can argue against that this team would be better if he was around. I, I like what Drew said. I, I honestly think, like, again, with how bad this team is, if you can do the thing with Caleb Grill where you can sit him and get that waiver and have him come back, I also think you probably do that um, just because I do think he can offer something to next year's team. But, What's up, Peyton? I do want to like people also like they're focusing too much on Caleb Grills like first five or six games. Right. He was he was like you could tell he was starting to find his shot towards the end. I mean the threes were starting to go in for him. I would almost yeah. like to see him come back just because maybe he he's a guy you need to see like okay do I want you on the I, I'm pretty sure he still has eligibility next year so he. He's a guy maybe you were like, do I want him on the team next year? Let me throw him back out there for a few games. Let me see what he is. But maybe it is just wiser to keep the medical red shirt. Plus, I mean, if you if he's not fully healthy, I don't see the point of bringing him back at like 90%. Let him get completely healthy. Yeah. I don't know if he has any more eligibility because his first year was in 2019. So oh. Drew talked with us about how he's right around the cutoff of games played before he can apply for a medical red shirt. Yeah, it's one um, season. This is this is his last season if he doesn't. Okay, so he does need a red shirt then. Yeah, so that's that's why I think you do that. If you can give something yeah. if if you can if you can get something from him next year, I think he's shown in flashes that he can be impactful. So that's something to look at, but I think I agree with Peyton like, you know, Jesus Carolero for some of the good he's done and and a little bit of the good he's offered like at some point you know there's games where this guy's your third best player and that can't happen and like if that's if you're already at that point this year he also you know he's not offering anything next year because he's old Vanover's old Kerr Lewis is old slash those guys minutes give it to the freshman throw them in the fire it's not going to get any worse at this point I think which I don't think you could have said three weeks ago when we talked about this with Gabe 
we still weren't sure, you know, what this team would maybe do in SEC play. But now I think you're already at the point where you can kind of phone that in. You know, yeah, don't get don't get rid of the minutes of the guys who contributed last year and see what the freshmen can do. I think that's a good, maybe a good way to go about it. We'll see, um, you know, what comes up. But yeah, it's it's been ugly. We'll see how many games this this uh, Texas or sorry, I almost said I was looking at Texas A&M. I almost said this Texas A&M team, this Mizzou team can give. Maybe it starts uh, at 8 p.m. here on Tuesday. They go back on the road against a very good Texas A&M team. Um, they've kind of underperformed. Do have the SEC preseason player of the year in Wade Taylor. Uh, Kenny, I'll kick it to you. you have any thoughts on uh, Tamu? Is that how you say it? <laughs> Tamu, yeah. I've uh, watched the last two games. Um, yep. I don't really know why I did, but I watched both of them. And Wade Taylor, with Henry Coleman out against Arkansas, Wade Taylor just – went off mm-hmm. he, he scored 41 points in their their one point loss to arkansas last tuesday 78 to 77 on the road then they go on the road again to lsu on saturday and escape you know a game that lsu is biting at their heels 73 to 69 he had 19 points in that game henry coleman had about 11 minutes another guy that you want to keep your eyes on if he's going to get back into a regular rotation spot for the aggies because he didn't play in that um, Arkansas game then barely played in the LSU game but Wade Taylor has just been unstoppable um, he's just, he's averaging nearly 20 points a game this season um, kind of doing it all he takes a lot of shots too it's not just that he scores he just is probably their I mean their number one shot creator and just shot taker on this team um, they're coming off some good games though they beat Kentucky um, last weekend 97 to 92 in overtime the Aggies are going back and forth with some good games here uh, it's going to be a, a pretty tough one for Mizzou not to mention A&M has been like at A&M has been like a house of horrors for Mizzou over the years. I mean, that Mizzou has never played well there. It seems like, um, I, I don't really expect much from this game. Wade Taylor is really good. Henry Coleman, Kenny touched on both of them. Very good players. Thing about Wade Taylor too. He leads them in steals per game. Uh, so you got to watch out for that. I mean, on East, he's coming off kind of a turnover laden game. Uh, Ant Robinson is obviously just a freshman, so there's a chance for him to really kind of create some havoc there. It's going to be kind of key for Mizzou to keep their hands on the ball, but we'll see what happens. I'm not expecting much of anything from this. Uh, Yeah, me neither. It's a road SEC game. Um, Yeah, Taylor, I mean, he's competing. He was preseason SEC player of the year. He's going to be competing for that honor at the end of the year. It's, It's interesting, though. You look at the Aggies. like This is a team, I think, at this point, uh, we probably thought was going to be in a better position than they were this year. They've kind of underperformed um, some of the expectations. They went to the SEC championship last year um, and lost that game. But yeah, only other name I'll throw out there. Uh, their other guard, Tyrese Radford's very good. Um, he averages like 13 a game. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's the Wade Taylor show probably will be again on uh on on a Tuesday, excuse me, but yeah, 8 PM uh, SEC network. You can watch that game. We'll see what the Tigers can do. Um, last thing I should forgot I to mention. Huh? Should I go to the game? Yeah, you should go to the game. Rep, hmm. Represent us. Make the drive. It's an hour and 13 minutes away. It's not that bad. And it starts no, today. It's, not bad at it's later in the no, day. Go not. watch. Yeah, it's right, Kenny, might, Kenny might be there if you hear a guy screaming whenever AM's at the free throw line. I will say, Kenny, I'll they're probably going to get killed. And you would be in the weirdest the fan person. base yeah you'd also be in the weirdest fan base if you do go no country. no disrespect to how mizzou fans travel because i think especially for football it's pretty well but like if you go kenny genuinely you should count the number of uh of a uh, count the amount of black and gold you see in that stadium i'll do it oh, okay i'll go i'll go all right kenny's yeah, going all right kenny's there we go the a&m game folks kenny will kenny will be there 8 p.m scc network that'll be good um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was um, – or two things, actually. Boys, we didn't mention the best performance uh, of Saturday, which was that Red Panda I heard went 15 for 15. Uh, Hold up. I need, a, I need to uh, jump in here. Um, the cheapest ticket to this game is a dollar. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not it's, even joking. On what? On SeatGeek. It's a dollar. <laughs> Dude, you get to go watch Wade Taylor for a dollar. That's pretty worth it. I'd go do it if I wasn't a fan of either of those teams. I'd go do it if I was a thousand miles away. All right, Kenny's going. Kenny's going. Where are you sitting? 
I, I, I might I might splurge here. It's twenty dollars to behind be the bench, like right at the half court line. You gonna go with anyone? Find a buddy. I gotta see. Yeah, I'll let y'all know. Me and Peyton would me and Peyton would go, but Kenny's going. But yeah, uh, best performance of the of Saturday, Red Panda, the goat. She performed in in back to back to back Mizzou games because she did the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa and then did the men's and women's game in Columbia. So Red Panda Ooh, loves the Tigers. Yeah. yeah. Greatest halftime show ever. She went 50 for 15. Also, uh, I should mention that Tamar Bates is 36 points was the first time since January 31st, 2021. When wait, Kenny, you didn't make this Ken sports. Shorts, 30th. 30th. I did not. Okay, good. All right. January good. Cause 30th. this is a January 30th, 2021 when Xavier Pinson did it at overtime, uh, TCU game where every Mizzou arena game should have been packed for how fun that team was, but it was COVID. So they were all empty. I, I still don't like Mark Smith uh, for that game because two people yelled at Kenny and I because we were pointing out how terrible he was playing. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's like the COVID games were so fun, like in their they own way. They really were like it was sort of weird, but I kind of was like, this is kind of cool. Like it's almost like your own private show. But I agree it, with you, Nolan. That team deserved the full arena like for a lot of the season. We it led us on a deep dive. Like last night, we got that stat from Drew King, and and a bunch of us were in a group chat, including Kenny and Peyton and I, and we were just reminiscing on on old memories. I like I remember I would strategically choose because you couldn't you guarantee a ticket to every game. I would pick like games that I knew like NBA prospects were going to play in Mizzou Arena and go to those to like say I watched them. Um, but then you ended up watching a bunch of Mizzou wins. They went to the tournament. Um, screw you, Austin Reeves. That was fun. Fun year, very until fun year. It, until the last like month. That I was so that that's up there with the angriest I've ever been after that Oklahoma game. I got so mad. I was pretty upset because Drew Smith was like the only one trying. I swear mm-hmm. to God, he was the only one that looked like he wanted. Andrew to Bugs. Andrew okay, Bugs was God, definitely Andrew trying. Bugs, dude. <laughs> uh, we Comment. got to see, Peyton and I got to see Shaka Smart's last game at Texas. <laughs> uh, yep. If he wins that game, Tamar Bates might have gone to UT. That's what we don't yeah. we need to talk about more. Yeah. Tamar Bates was committed to UT until oh, yeah. inspired. Yeah. ACU. Um, Kenny and I saw what do. gave that's way a to good, Tamar good, Bates. Uh, web. Yeah. That's a good web. Yeah. I will oh dude. I Austin Reeves, I still I still can't stand him for for I had Oklahoma fans yelling at me outside of the stadium. I was they were making they were pissing me off. Get the revenge in football in the in the fall, Austin Reeves and Brady Manic fan. I will never yep. forget those two just lighting the zoo up. That was just awful. Tough, very tough to watch. But it was that was a fun that was a fun team. It was a fun year. Hopefully, more fun times ahead for uh, the Dennis Gates era. But uh, with that, Kenny's going to the game. So if you're going to the game, um, go meet up with Kenny, and you can have two Mizzou fans in the building. Uh, when I'll be wearing the retro white jersey. I'll let you guys know. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Put a tweet out that there. The Minnesota game. Tweet your section number, uh, seat, and home address, and then I'm dox myself. Yeah, dox yourself. Um, with that, we will segue. Uh, everyone, first of all, I didn't say in the intro. Subscribe on the YouTube. We've appreciated all the the love recently. Comment your favorite 2020 2021 Mizzou men's hoops memory <laughs> because that was a fun team. Uh, and with that, we will segue and finish the show with quick hits. Okay, quick hits time. I thought I had uh, accidentally stolen Ken's sports shorts for a second when I brought up that Xavier Pinson stat, but thankfully I haven't. So, Kenny, what's Ken's sports shorts? Do 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 do. Ken's sports shorts. Um. Well, you did kind of mention it earlier, but I don't oh, think you guys are gonna remember it right away. Okay. So when you go on the SEC stats page, um, on any browser, it gives you like the regular like top five at different. I mean, stats. There's like six categories. That's all they really like sure. keep track of for the top fives and then for basketball, it'll go into every single player. Sorry for basketball. For basketball. Yes. Right. yes. Yes. And so there's points per game, assists per game, field goal percentage, rebounds per game, blocks per game and steals per game. Mizzou is only in one of these. That's it. In the top five for, in one of for these teams first for the team. No, not even just team, a player. So <laughs> there's only one player listed in the top five of all these stat categories. Which category is it? I can give you the categories again, if you'd like. Uh, I think I know it. Can I guess? I, I, I yeah, I think it's Shawnee's. Th- it's either that or it's Aiden Sean blocks, and I only say that because I brought oh, up Aiden yeah, Sean's block yeah. rate earlier. No, yeah, it's that one. Aiden Shaw blocks. Aiden Sean East. 
is ninth in points per game at 15.9. Aiden Shaw oh, is the only one yeah. in blocks per game at one and a half. Can I guess the who are the eight guards above him? Is Taylor is a uh, man John above him? I got to go back to it. Oh, yes. You know, is it uh, man? John um, man John is not. Oh. Taylor is. Yes. Okay. Taylor. Uh, Mark Sears. Um, that might be all I know. Who's the kid for Ole Miss, Peyton? Flanagan? Alan Flanagan? No, yes, not. Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about Brakefield. Or Morell. Matthew Morell, too, is good. Or Morell, yeah. Both of them are. Uh, um, 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 oh, oh, not the Who's Arkansas. Who's uh, Michi? Michi Johnson? Oh, Michi Johnson. Michi is, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, Draymond Connect. Mark. Connect. Dalton Connect. Yes, both the yes. Both the yeah, both yes. <laughs> that's I think that's like all of them. I don't know. We don't. I don't know. Uh, one more, Kentucky. Antonio Reeves. Oh, Reeves. Correct. Yeah. That's all eight. It's it's very um, the SEC is very guard heavy. If there if you one if there's one thing to know this year, guards win in March. <laughs> yep. Uh, For the blocks yeah. per game, um, there's three ahead: Jamarian Sharp, Johnny Broom, and Jonas Saito. I do. I do. Tennessee. Yeah. They do. Oh, Jamarian Sharp, who is good at basketball. What a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Adu, Adu, uh, had a, Adu had a good game. Has how many blocks this season? Adu, how many blocks total? Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot because, like, the, in the block rate stat I saw, he like had a. I don't want to guess mean, like a stupid it number. Was, how many a game did he have? One point five. You do the math. Okay, so that's eighteen <laughs> plus nine, twenty-seven. Correct. Bang! Well done, Peyton. Way to do the way to math. <laughs> way to math. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of defensive upside to like from Aiden Shaw, no doubt. Um, good sports shirts, Kenny, uh, right back to you. We were just talking off air about this. What's your dirty bird? <laughs> uh, my dirty bird of the week goes to Jacoby Jones. And I had a field day going into this Texans game. Didn't end up the way that I wanted, but Jacoby Jones, uh, is very well known for being a Texan in the early, uh, 2010s and muffing well a punt against the Baltimore Ravens. In the 2013 divisional round, two years later, he was a Baltimore Raven and he performed very well for them. Actually, it wasn't even two years later. Uh, sorry, it was a 2011 season is when this happened. And then the next season, he was with the Ravens, went on to be a Super Bowl hero for them. He was the first ever um, wide receiver punt returner to return a kick for a touchdown and then have a receiving touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, very well known for that. And he was honored before this game, I think more of more as a troll. Uh, to the Texans because, I mean, he's a hero for the Ravens on both sides. Uh, but in this game for the Texans, the lone touchdown for Houston came via a punt return. And I am very grateful for Steven Sims who returned that touchdown. Steven Sims probably not going to be on this, probably wasn't going to be on that team if Noah Brown wasn't on IR and hurt missing this game, elevating Sims for that opportunity, the only touchdown for the Texans. But I wanted to tell you guys this, that the last – um, road game that Jacoby Jones was a part of for the Ravens before the 2014 playoffs. He was released after the, 20, the 2014 season was against the Texans and he lost that game. Um, after that, his stint with the uh, Ravens, he signed a two-year deal with the Chargers, only made it eight weeks before they released him. His final game in a Chargers uniform was against who? The Texans. The, Texans. the Ravens, which oh, I found oh. pretty funny as well. Yeah, that is, uh, that is so. still pretty good. I Good still, nugget, Kenny. it's Jacoby Jones is someone I still do not like whatsoever. He is a ruiner of my childhood. Him and Randy Bullock are like two, two devils on your shoulder. Like, like there's no angel. It's just both of them. And they ruined a lot of things for me. This is just good, good old fashioned deep cut. Like, you know, He's Homer also, fandom. these guys piss me off. The year the Ravens won the Super Bowl, he had that catch against the the Broncos that Raheem Morris, not Raheem Morris, the, the safety, I can't remember his name for sure, but he fell over because he misplayed the ball. There's the famous caught touchdown Jacoby Jones. Yeah, he was a Super Bowl champion, Kenny. Isn't that crazy? Um, I oh, Also something to note about that 2011 divisional game is that two plays later, the Ravens scored a touchdown. They won that game by a touchdown. You just yep. imagine if Jacoby Jones just doesn't feel Didn't that hard. TJ Hayes would have been an AFC Kenny, championship quarterback. Kenny, this is the best spin zone of uh we didn't score an offensive touchdown in a playoff game ever. So well done. I'll give I'll give you that. Peyton. Um 
Yeah, I'm going to stick with devils on my shoulder as well because the goddamn Cardinals signed Matt Carpenter over the weekend. Out of nowhere, there were no Matt Carpenter rumors, and all of a sudden he just signed a one-year deal with the with the Cardinals. He could bat 140 going into some random June series against the Cubs, and he will hit four home runs in that series against the Cubs. I promise you there will be some stupid back-breaking garbage against the Cubs from Matt Carpenter. They're my dirty bird. They are literally just, instead of improving the team, they're just playing the hits. You know, Yachty retirement tour. Adam Wainwright is way past his prime retirement tour. Albert Pujols retirement tour. Matt Carpenter, time for you to retire. Let's give you a retirement tour. Lance Lynn, you're getting up there in age. Let's hot, let's let's sign you and pretend you're a, you're a rotation upgrade. Maybe you'll retire at the end of the contract. The Cardinals are just the funniest Oregon sports right now. I mean, it's really, the the Cardinal way has never been more prevalent. When I got that email uh, from the Cardinals, just like mass communication email, I was like taken aback. I was like, oh, one day contract? This is a very nice gesture by the Cardinals to do it this early before the season starts. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, well, they're bringing it back. They did a big deal last year about his return to – to Bush Stadium to face uh, Wainwright at the time and getting a hit off of him and getting the baseball signed. Now he's going to put it above his bed at home. And now he's a Cardinal this year. I, this, I don't think there's a team in Major League Baseball that loves farewell tours than the Cardinals. Signing <laughs> Pujols. Yeah. This is, there's no other team that does it like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wild. Okay, Kenny, remind me to bet some sort of uh, Matt Carpenter player prop when we get to best beats when they go into a Cubs series. Yeah, I'll do that right now. I'm going to put on my calendar, actually. Yeah, yeah, write that down. Everyone should, we should remember that for Matt Spies. He's not writing that down. I know he's not writing it down, Peyton. Um, all right, well. I'm actually going to do it. I'm looking up when the Cardinals and Cubs play each other. Do you want it at Wrigley or at Bush, Peyton? At Wrigley. At Wrigley. Wrigley. All right, yeah, do People Wrigley. hit a basket at Wrigley. Okay. When is it? If you can find one in June, it's going to take me some that... time to find to find another. Oh, okay, one. I'll, I'll do my I'll, I'll do you. my dirty bird while you while you do that because all right, you guys seem it's a lot of anger you got on your chest. I think perhaps my dirty bird might be able to cheer you up, uh, fellas, because I'm going back to the Kansas Jayhawks for my dirty bird of the week. Kansas lost and has now lost two of their opening three or two of their their last two Big Twelve games. Uh, they're they're three and two now in Big Twelve play. Two losses. UCF and most recently on Saturday at West Virginia, the Mountaineers are like seven and 11 this year. Obviously they had all the bad stuff happen with their coach an off year, but they beat Kansas. Uh, You know, no matter how bad Mizzou is always great to see the Jayhawks lose. This is the kind of loss that follows a team. John Ross team put it best. This could cost Kansas a one seed potentially in March, the way things shake out, which would be beautiful. They're playing country roads uh, on West Virginia's court. Congrats to the Mountaineers. You're doing the Lord's work, beating the Jayhawks uh, in January. Yeah, new look uh, Big 12. Is is Bill Self built for this? I mean, he, I don't know. he couldn't handle the tropics down in UCF. The Knights. He's 0-1 down there now. Johnny Dawkins got the better of him. Um, also, actually, when you think about it, wins over UCF in the last two years. Missouri won. <laughs> Kansas zero. De- DeAndre Golston oh. won Kansas zero. Yeah, exactly. So and and that UCF team last year getting more of a nerd deep deep cut like nerd thing. They had a lottery pick on that team. Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, Taylor Hendricks. Tenth overall. Um, yeah, and I think this current UCF team has like their highest rated recruit ever too. So like, oh, just oh. weird weird web of stuff there. But um, what was I even talking about? Oh yeah, that's right. Kansas basketball being bad. <laughs> Um, Bill Self might not be built for this anymore. It, it really is like kind of a weaker Kansas team, I think, than we're used to. Yeah, like, there's just not a lot of scoring. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see that Kansas team as being one that's built for like a Final Four run. But you never can discount them. No, but it's good. Always, in the words of uh, Mr. Krabs, uh, it warms my heart to see that little twerp fail. Speaking of Bill, or I'm speaking when of Bill did Self. He say that. He did, did once. That's a, that's a, that's kind of a deep cut SpongeBob reference, but he, he did say that once. Uh, Kenny, okay. did you find the date? Yep. Uh, the first away series for the Cardinals at Wrigley Field is June 14th to the 16th. There it is. Um, okay. We have a show on that 14th. Uh, we record on Thursdays before this Friday shows. 
Would you like me to remind you on June 13th to bet on Matt Carpenter? Yes. Remind me on June 13th to bet some sort of Matt Carpenter prop to the to home run. Or I know that's a tough day for you as well, so oh, uh, we'll, we'll make right. it a little bit easier. We're moving, we're moving on. Uh, next segment. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Uh-oh. I'm going to put you in this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Kenny, what time is it, Kenny? What time is it, Kenny? Kenny, what time it's is it? It's o'clock, Jack. We're taking off. We're starting off the front ranking, staying in the college basketball ranks. We're going to Cameron, where the Cameron frauds watch their Duke mighty fraud devils lose to the Pittsburgh Panthers. Duke was ranked number seven in the country. Pittsburgh marched in there. They had a guy jumping on the scores Blake table. They were flipping off the bird. Blake Himson, or like a devil's frog. Number four. Number four. Hey, hey, Kenny. My name's Jacoby Jones. I still own you. The Baltimore Ravens. You taken down. <laughs> Get back in here. Proud. CJ Froud, uh, Froud. Fraud, Fraudsons, uh, Bobby Proudick, uh, Frodrico Frodens. Uh, the Texans couldn't even make it inside the 25 in this game. How poor is that? Poor no indeed. offensive touchdowns. Their only playoffs. touchdown came from a Kansas Jayhawk. The Texans, oh. number four on the fraud board. Rodemico Ryans. Better luck next year. Number three in the fraud rankings. We're going back to Mizzou Arena, where the Mizzou Tigers broke out some gold uniforms for a nice color rush competition with the Florida Gators. New Jersey's, same old problems. New Jersey's are your frauds of the week. I bought one of these, too. Always always dancing on the New Jersey's. Number two, I've waited for this one a long time. Jordan Love was trying to to be on a YouTube highlight reel instead of winning a playoff game. We're going with Jordan Love. Only Jordan Love. Not the Packers. Just Jordan Love at number two in the fraud rankings. Fraud in Love. Um, He wasn't built for it, man. He finished with less than 200 passing yards on the game. Call him Justin Fields. Jordan Love, you suck! And at number one. We're staying in Santa Clara because the Green Bay Frogkers are number one. The seven seed, the Cinderella team. No contraire. They get owned by the 49ers and Brock Purdy. Jordan Love, first round pick. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Jordan Fraud can't get it done. Just as Peyton said, he's trying to be Mahomes on that last play. The Frogkers lose. This is not This is not Detroit yet that would maybe be the next round man this is the nsc divisional round against the one seed brock Purdy led san francisco 49ers packers are frauds fraud pack fraud well done i think the song's gonna have this second so i'm gonna let it go oh no it's not all right there we go fraud rankings well done uh ratio sorry Kenny. i thought i heard you about to say something else nope i got two ratios oh all right go for it Ratios of the weekend brought to you by Justin Bear. Uh, The first one goes to Griff on X, a Blue Jays fan. Quote tweeted, the Baltimore Orioles posting, the time is now, best of luck in the playoffs at Ravens. That post got 5.2 thousand likes. Griff quote tweeted with Baltimore one seed versus Texas team after a bye question mark and got 11,000 likes. The reference to that is that when the Orioles had a buy in the MLB playoffs, they came out and faced the Texas Rangers. Practically weren't even there because the Rangers stomped them, went on to win the World Series, didn't go that way in the football world. I have a secondary one as well that just kind of popped up for me. Um, Dallas sports fan, a pretty annoying account on, on Twitter or X. Yeah, man, it's, it was Houston Texans playoff run. Aaron Rodgers running out with the American flag on Monday Night Football for the Jets. Um, 7.3 thousand likes kind of got ratioed a little bit with a, a thousand replies, but then Tony, who's a sad H town sports fan, sports one oh. on X quote tweeted with a Fox NFL graphic saying playoff wins since 2002 in the state of Texas, the Texans with five and the Cowboys with four. I don't know how the Cowboys can make fun of the Texans at all. Um, Texans made it one round further. I, I, I don't get it. 16,000 likes. <laughs> Maybe you can take H-Town, sad H-Town sports fan Tony with you to the AM game, Kenny. Make a new friend. Let's see what team he roots for. <laughs> College team? Uh, yeah, While good you ratio. do that, this one comes from our favorite TV series, The Today Show. Um, guys, have you ever had a bad sausage? 
Um, a bad sausage. A bad sausage. No, I can't say I've ever had a bad sausage. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, w- like breakfast. Yeah, like oh, yeah. It's the worst. Have you guys ever been to an uh, yeah. an Oktoberfest? No. Oh, yeah. You guys no. should go. They're very, they're very fun. Uh, good one, Peyton. Um, what? Of course you think that. Sorry. It was just a, a, a crummy dab, you know? Yeah, whatever. Um, all right. We're ending the show. Uh, everyone, if you're at the AM game, go find Kenny. He'll be he'll be there. One of three of the unwritten rule will be will be in attendance. See if uh Mizuki may pull the upset on Tuesday. We'll recap that. Honestly, hopefully we have the DC hire uh, before next show. I will start to get a little concerned if uh, that doesn't get finalized pretty soon, um, as I'm sure other Mizzou fans will. But until then, uh, everyone, have a fun and safe week. Uh, this show has been presented by Bet Online. Um, go enjoy the Texas A&M game, Kenny, and we'll see everyone on Friday. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts